BGS, we're back. Woo! <laughs> it's been fucking forever. I feel like we just took a break just because neither of us said anything. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, I mean, I wasn't, uh, to be honest, I haven't been playing that much. Yeah, so it's kind of nice to have a longer break. Longer yeah, B- build up a bit more to talk about. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think part of it is like a weekly thing was like a little easier when we had like Justin to talk with too. But mm-hmm. like oh, after a certain time, it's like we both realize, well, we played an hour of a game this week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to talk about it. Yeah, It's like, I, I think it's cool. I can't really recommend it or, or much more yeah, past like, that. It's been playing RuneScape again. Uh, just like last yeah. week. <laughs> no, I haven't been playing RuneScape. I'm just mimicking you. <laughs> I was so ready for it. <laughs> no, but I know like the people in the Discord that like Justin's involved with and and, and I'm in. They're all playing like uh was it Iron Man RuneScape? Is that what it oh, is? Oh god, that's hardcore. Is that a one death and you're done thing? So I think I think if it's Iron Man I'm pretty sure it's not only is it like permadeath where if you die, you lose your Iron Man status, but you can't trade with anybody at all. So you, you have to like farm everything for yourself. And everything. And that wow. is AIDS in that game. What's There's, the point of that? Uh, of that specific flex limitation? Oh, just to say that like you didn't. Because I feel like uh, being good at trade is a part of the game, right? There definitely is that. Yeah, I think it's something to like getting lost in the world. There's a lot of cool things about the quests and parts of that can kind of be thrown out the window when, you know, you get to a point in the quest and the guy's like, hey, you're going to need this super rare pie that you're going to have to collect these ingredients all over the world to make. And then you just go to the market and buy the pie off somebody and bring it back. It takes some of like the grandeur out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that being appealing. It's like sometimes if I'll like start up like a Fallout or a Skyrim thing, I'll be like, I'm never going to use fast travel. Mm-hmm. And then exactly. start walking. And then you get really tired of it like within an hour. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to think about. <laughs> it's yeah. cool to tell yourself that I'm going to do this massive RPG and not focus on any of the fast travel elements. I have a lot of respect for, for the guys that really commit to that. It's really cool. And it's cool to watch them because they know the in-game world so well that they'll be like, I don't need to go to go shear this sheep. I'm going to go walk into this random guy's house, go upstairs and search his cupboard because I know that there's a piece of wool here. So it's also like this insane library of knowledge that they end up with. That only, only, you can only get if you've been playing it for that long Mm -hmm. by only knowing exactly where it is. And that's cool. Like anyone... Video game or not, anyone that devotes the time and concentration to like a craft like that, and it is a craft of its oh, own yeah. way of being able to get the knowledge of of like every in and out of a world like that. Um, it's just it's impressive and it's it's fun to watch. Like that's why speedrunning is so fun, where like you're exactly. you're seeing someone who's mastered it. Yeah, just blowing all of these things that gave you challenges as a kid or even recently, just out of the water, making it look like child's play. Yeah, but I I always say I'm going to try to do that and then I get like an hour or two into like any type of like intense survival. Like I I started up New Vegas a while ago and I thought about doing the survival mode where you have to worry about food and water and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I just think about it and I'm like, well, so like a game I want to talk about this week is Deathloop because I've been playing that a fair bit. Um, I'm very excited to hear about that. It's really good. I think it's I think it's great. Um. But there's something like when it first came out, I saw a couple of reviews saying to take off the markers um, that tell you where your next objective is, because a big part of Deathloop is taking all these clues and information and combining it together, knowing where you have to go next at what time of day, at what place to figure Mm -hmm. out what to do. But it's very handholdy in a way that I like, where like you are given so much information. And if I didn't have the game telling me exactly okay you just got this information so that means you have to go here at noon and do this like that's fine if it if it because it's a pretty big game in terms of the amount of information that you're getting and the amount of people you have to track so i saw some reviews saying like try turn off your hub hud marker and just get absorbed in it and try to figure it out for yourself and i tried that and i thought okay this is good i'll get like absorbed in the game and stuff and it's just like it's just not worth the time to me. I don't know to have to to have to think about 
okay, so my quest marker says I have to do this at this certain time, but I don't know where it is on the map. And like, I've never been to this side of the map. And it's just kind of like, it's cool to think about, to think I'm going to get so involved in this story, in this world that I'm going to know where to go, or I have to find context clues on myself to do it. Mm -hmm. Which I think part of some of like Breath of the Wild's quests had a lot of that where it's like, well, it's north of a rock or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. But in a game like Deathloop, um, I I think about it and I'm like, that'd be so cool if I forced myself to get involved to the point where I don't use in-game quest trackers. It's just too much work. Uh, It's too much work. (laughs) It definitely seems like a game more built around like a power fantasy kind of thing. Like you figure out all this information and then you execute it with like precision and just feel like a badass hitman. Yeah. I don't need to be, I I feel you. I I feel like it's almost adding like a, an outer wilds esque, like spatial awareness and problem solving to a game that I just want to power trip on. Yeah, and I I actually think about I compared it I would compare it to Outer Wilds uh in terms of the information gathering because in in like your base there's uh there's a there's a tree of information hmm. and it tracks each um each quest like okay I I want to get this weapon I heard about this weapon is held at this place mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like a web of information where it'll track what you learn and it goes to that quest marker and from there like if every bit of information it tracks it just like in Outer Wilds mm-hmm. and I think like that's a really cool information tracker um uh unlike Outer Wilds though where Outer Wilds you look at it and you think well I guess I just gotta go figure it out in in Deathloop you just click it and it'll track the quest and it'll tell you where to go at what time and what place gotcha which i think is great i i think it's cool because it, it makes it easier to kind of knock out these leads left and right and stuff so I, I i appreciate that part of it hell yeah have you ever tried like in skyrim or something have you ever committed to like a deep rp run i did like not One fast time. traveling oh, okay, like no, really trying to like get super in the world well, what do you what are you meaning then i played i i made a character because i when i found out that you could you could get a perk where if you reverse pickpocket poisons onto people you can poison them and so i made a character that couldn't hurt anybody other than putting poisons on them <laughs> My idea was that he was like a doctor and he was giving them medicine, but he's just a terrible doctor. So his medicine kills everybody. Um, so that, like he's trying to I promote his brand of medicine by yeah. like giving it to people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just killing everybody. So I had fun with Can that. Can you pickpocket but... animals in that game? I don't think so. Like if you sneak up on a troll and you sneak a sneak poison in his pocket <laughs> i don't remember because i didn't last that long i pretty much went to white run got my alchemy to a hundred and then killed everybody in white run was like that was fun and then stopped <laughs> yeah i, I the, 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 the dedication required for that specific <laughs> uh, role-playing experience where you would have to go to every major town and you would have to do that exact thing. That would take so yeah. long. <laughs> It'd be forever. But at the end of it, 200 hours in, it's worth so it. So worth. Yeah, so Being able it. to open up my, my menu and see like zero people killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it doesn't count as a kill. Not that I remember. Okay, that's worth it then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've been playing... I'm looking at my GG list. I don't. I feel like I played a lot more than I have. Um, I can't even remember what we talked about before. I can't either, uh, honestly. <laughs> I can't remember I we where we checked in at. We didn't talk about WarioWare, right? Because oh, I, I don't think we I had a discussion about that. Yeah. Um, but we got together and played WarioWare, get it together. We played through the whole story, lo- story mode and then a few of the main games. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played... Any more of it? Since so I know you much said that, really, I know so you said you and, you and Balti like kicked our uh, high scores ass. <laughs> oh yeah, we're at. I think we're at like sixty or sixty three now uh, wow. as our record on that. It's uh, you, you guys still go at it? Yeah, every once in a while. Okay. It's just it's such a nice thing to quickly throw on. That's like 
low stakes but high intensity yeah it's fun where it's, it's like super easy to just like uh pop right into a game super fast and mm-hmm. not have to worry about any yeah any and realistically sacrifice. it's not it's not like high effort when you get to the faster stuff sure yeah you're putting in a bit because you just got to be like on your toes but it's not like complicated right it's just like a couple movements left and right and mm-hmm. I press a button sort of thing yeah and that's a whole that's a whole uh um draw of the warrior war games is it's that simple like that just like arcadey mini games yeah i mean i that was the first warrior war that i'd played and i fucking loved it that was that was great unlocking mm-hmm. each character and figuring out that but fucking who is the 8 bit right that's the skateboard kid oh my god dude on the fast levels he's fucking impossible oh We've gotten so good at Skateboard Kid. Really? Now, now the one that fucks us the most is the Jumpy Girls because we're so aggro half the time that like a minigame starts and we'll start putting some kind of input on our stick. Uh-huh. Most characters, that's not an issue. With Jumpy Girl, because they constantly jump, half the time we'll end up moving into something that we needed to interact with and just fail it like that. Jumpy Girls that's are the super speed. S- yeah. Jumpy yeah, girls you are the those, bane of our existence. When you do the mini game stuff, do you do it with like randomized all characters? All characters. Every okay, time. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> it keeps it so much more fun. Picking your yeah. team is it's neat, but it does not feel like the the game kind of thing. Yeah, it feels like you're you're kind of gating yourself out from a lot of the fun of the randomization of it. Where like you're you're choosing you're choosing enough parameters to make it too um uh, knowable like mm-hmm. the fun of it is like oh what the fuck am i gonna get next yeah and you the guys, weird combinations from level to level or do you only do the the max um all games combined pretty much just the max okay yeah. the other ones start they start out too slowly so it feels yeah. like you're playing on like super slow-mo whereas the other one like from level one it's already got a nice pace yeah that that game was that was that was really cool. I I wish um, I have to admit like the eight bits levels are so much better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like all the Nintendo stuff or like th- that stuff is is so good that it makes me compare it to all the other like mini games. While like all of them were great and cool, but like I see that quality and I think like oh, I want more of those. There's not <laughs> enough of those. Yeah, and from what you said, that's kind of what it is for the other ones, right? Yeah, that's at least been my experience. Um, is eight bits like mini game grouping is always one of my favorites. Yeah, primo stuff. I need to get one of the other ones. Hell yeah! Do you still have really your Nintendo DS? Yeah, I have my 3DS. Oh uh, yeah. The last game I played on that was uh, Link Between Worlds that we talked about. Ooh, that's a good game. Yeah, but I heard they're like shutting down the eShop or something. Yeah, I think it's getting for the 3DS discontinued. How do you get games then on the 3DS? <laughs> you buy them used, but everything on the shop Fuck. is going to be dead. Sad. Yeah, so maybe I need to buy everything. Smart idea. Right and away. download them right no, now. Yeah, I said, yeah. <laughs> oh right, you're right. That's ridiculous. They're silly, still, silly. That's kind of silly. Like I feel like the 3DS is still popular enough that it warrants to keep the store open. I would agree. I think it might be more of a power play by Nintendo to kind of force people's hand on Switches. Then make the games available on Switch. Right. The the other problem with that is that is I don't know how well probably 90% of uh, Nintendo DS games would translate to Switch because of how well they use the two screens. Yeah. That's a console where they really put the gimmick to work. Maybe they would have to like, I mean, Nintendo would never in a million years do this, but like just do a DS emulator on the Switch or something oh, like that where you'd have a, I know, I know you could do that fairly easily, um, but uh, I don't know. It'd be a little awkward because you'd have like the two screens. One would be touch and the other one you wouldn't want to touch and then it'd have to be right. like kind of shrunk down. Yeah, you need to get the DS stylus with you and like tape it to the back of the switch you just need to remake all the they need like a a ds all-stars remastered for switch yeah because i know like they had the ds games that'd be sweet they did that with the the nes right 
or the SNES. I, so. I can't remember. And then they just did it with some Nintendo 64 games, mm-hmm. which I've heard the emulation of that is subpar. Yeah. Uh, which is very have, unfortunate. Have you gone in on it? I've, I haven't done it myself, but I've watched other people play it um, like friends and that, but it's, yeah. it's disappointing. It's technology we've had for how goddamn long yeah. and people third parties have been doing it for eight years. <laughs> 10 times better eight years ago and and like i don't know why it's so tough to get nintendo to just do a good quality make it easy to play the old games good yeah simple shit you would think (laughs) you would think. (laughs) oh man Um, i didn't get to talk about psychonauts too oh Hell yeah! I didn't talk about any of Have you picked it up? No, not yet. Did you play the first all the way yes. through? Okay, that that's um, the thing that's holding me back. Is I really, really want to do a replay of that before I go into Psychonauts two because it's been so long since I played the first Psychonauts. It's like, um, well, I mean, if if you care enough about that, you have to at least look up the Rhombus of Ruin um, playthrough because. Oh, uh, okay. that was like that was their VR in between, mm-hmm. and it's it's canon because like Psychonauts one goes directly into Ramus Ruin, and Ramus Ruin goes directly into Psychonauts two. Oh, um, okay. So it's it's like back to back. Like Psychonauts one happens like within a week before the events of Psychonauts two, and Raz Damn. just has like yeah, he's he's busy. <laughs> no Raz has kidding. a line where it's like, man, this uh, camp feels like ten years ago or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's cute. I w- kind of wish I played through the first one again right before that, because um, it'd been a while since I had. Uh, Is there a lot of like references and shoutouts? There's enough. There's enough. Like it's not chock full of them, but it's plenty to to make to make me sit, tell anyone that's gonna play two to play the first one. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, I'm not in such a way that it's like overbearing. Yeah, I think Psychonauts one's humor and story holds up quite a bit, but I think the platforming and levels are pretty. They feel pretty old. So Psychonauts two, uh, I think, is a really good sequel in the way that it it. It reimagines the platforming and collecting and the level design in a way that is so much more modern, but it keeps like the older f- style and feel to it for a sequel that comes out so much, so much longer, so much long after the first one. Mm-hmm. Like they still keep a lot of the the old feel to it while modernizing the the actual gameplay parts of it. So Psychonauts one didn't age that well in terms of gameplay, mm-hmm. um, and this perfectly modernized it. I think nice how much of a like shifting gameplay is it it's still like a general platformer kind of running around collectibles interacting with people in that yeah it's pretty much the same um just they cleaner, they've better. changed yeah just cleaner and better and um just the movement feels so much better and i'm trying to think of what they had added but uh the first thing that comes to mind is they added a lot of enemy types Ooh. where the combat is still not great it's just kind of okay but they they added a ton of enemies and and i think all the new enemies are really cool and they they're all based off of like a mental thing like one will be guilt one will be like uh uh jealousy or yeah it's just kind of personifications of that stuff uh so it's cool it's cool how they yeah where the old game was just the sensors Mm -hmm. where it's just your brain trying to get rid of something that's not supposed to be in there but this one's all representative negative emotions and and it fits with like you trying to fight these people's demons in their in their minds nice yeah yeah Yeah. i think the story is great because um in the first one all the minds were not connected to each other like the milkman conspiracy with the napoleon level with uh uh, with a Napoleon level, with like the theater level, those people were only connected because they were in the asylum. Where the levels in Psychonauts two, each person that you go into their head is all connected to each other in a really close way. So um, that makes like the story of going between the brains really interesting. And I think the story is actually really good. Um, hell so yeah. I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, if you end up playing it, we should do like a spoiler cast of it because it's a uh, definitely. Yeah, it'd be a good one to get in. Hell yeah. 
Anything more to say yeah. on Psychonauts? Um, Jack Black and Elijah Wood are both in it, and they're both great. <laughs> As like main characters, or just like random side characters with a couple of lines. Jack Black is a main character. Elijah Wood's much smaller. Okay. Yeah, he's much smaller. Uh, just kind of like as a, a small joke side character. Gotcha. Jack Black yeah, practicing but... his uh, Bowser chops. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to talk about that shit. <laughs> so good. I'm pumped. I'm so oh, excited. If it's gonna happen, this seems like the best way to go about it. That's exactly my thought. There was no world where that movie was going to be good. There yep. was no world that that movie was going to be like quality. Let's make a good Mario movie. So this like casting provoking. Made me... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we need a Mario that can actually like have acting chops. Like who yeah. fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. At least in this way, we get the cast of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I'm going to go to the theater. I'm going to get the popcorn. I'm going to go all out for this movie. And it's going to be a good time. Yep. Oh, who's, I'm going to love it. Who's playing DK again? Seth Rogen. That's right. <laughs> oh, did you see Chris Pratt's playing Garfield now? No. <laughs> yeah, they casted him as an animated Garfield. <laughs> oh, God. So he's got Mario and Garfield under his belt now. Oh, fucking insane. Jesus. I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen... Um, the the girl who's gonna be Princess Peach in anything, but I've heard that she's pretty good. She's really good. Yeah, she was in the Vivitch. She was in the recent uh, Last Night in Soho from uh, Edgar Wright's oh, movie. I want to see that, but I haven't gotten the chance. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. For nice. really good things. Um, did you watch Dune? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was so good. I fucking loved it. Oh, it was amazing. <coughs> oh God, water. No. <coughs> Uh, you're the only part you're the only person i know that's read it it so i i can't believe how well it translated how well it was paced like it's one of those books that i don't think i could have ever seen it being made into a movie like i would never look at that book and think this should be on the big screen because i just don't think it would ever be executed well my boy denny proved me wrong yeah that was he fucking awesome. did. I I was just like, I did you see it in IMAX? Oh yeah, we went out of yeah, our way to okay. see it in the best theater we could. Yeah, I saw I, I saw it in IMAX too, and like, just the sound alone, I was getting goosebumps left and fucking right. Yes, Hans Zimmer knocked it out of the park with mm. the soundtrack. I I love like the chanting the the. Mm tribalistic aspect to like all of this futury like big bass music it's awesome i think it's this fucking cool one of the highest like production value movies i've watched ever just flat out every scene is gorgeous and so oh oh yeah awesome i couldn't stop thinking like every second like i can't believe we live in a time where like a director can get this much money and influence to create um such a nerdy fucking movie yep in like in such an amazing incredibly produced way yes with so many big names with like some of the best in the industry pretty much all coming together to make this project happen it would be like if Denny directed the new Mario movie and it and it was a fantasy epic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. What would what would be like the best? All right. Let's talk about like a Mario movie. Okay. What would be the best storyline to adapt to a movie? Ooh. I feel like like Galaxy lends itself to like cinema scale and yeah. adventure kind of stuff. Planets. Yeah, you're like and you you can get some cool angles of like him flipping between the worlds and stuff and that final fight with Bowser is probably the most badass in the series, which just yeah. screams like 
that climax in a movie. I could totally see that. Yeah, especially like like the like an inception type camera movement, like circling around because things get so oh I guess I guess Interstellar is a better comparison. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Christopher Nolan directing a Mario Galaxy movie in the style of Interstellar? Oh <laughs> I didn't know I needed this, but I definitely do. Oh my god, that would be so incredible. There'd be time travel. There'd be there'd be so much. There'd be fireballs. Um, there'd be mushrooms. Oh, it'd have everything. It'd be one I'm for so the kids, for one for the adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to think of what else would be good. I mean, maybe like a Paper Mario style movie would be would be oh, really neat. Okay, actually, um, I think in terms of like characters in that Paper Mario is it. One like of it, those. Like how it's written and, and stuff yeah, like that. It's it's structured a bit more to have like side characters and, and build like a world where Galaxy there isn't much of a story beyond like stop Bowser. You yeah. gotta run through the galaxy. Yeah, it'd have to be one of the RPGs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and the Paper Mario, it's can canonically it's on a stage true so ooh, broadway paper mario whoa (laughs) (laughs) do they just do they all hold like paper cutouts and they like walk with it my first thought is bowser making a musical adaptation of bowser's rage and then jack black is the one singing it on a broadway stage (laughs) that would be so fucking good i see jack black was one of the cast there that i was like i don't know how that's gonna sound but i'm so excited for that oh just to hear jack black as bowser i feel like a broadway performance (laughs) amazing oh yeah i feel like he has fun with any project he's on so this is like a perfect project to bring him on. Yeah. I Jack Black's Jack Black's stuff, like I'm just like following his career path and everything is is so good. I feel like I haven't seen him in that much recently. And he just started out just so amazingly. Like even School of Rock or like Kung Fu Panda, you oh, know? Kung Fu Panda gets Black. some shit, but man, it's quality. Actually, like yeah. one, two, and three are pretty damn good. I was surprised by how good three was. I mean, J.K. Simmons as the villain was fucking great. Yeah, the music was great. Yeah, like yeah. it totally could have gone down the the path of being like a cash cow series, but actually, pretty through and through quality. Yeah. I agree. What have you been playing over this uh, large gap of time? So I started playing uh, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I think I'm like halfway through it. Um, Uh I'm going to take my time with it because you it's it's so colorful. It's right in the title. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) like the, the, the setup is like there's a brush. And through the years, this brush gets passed down between artists and whoever has the brush colors the world. They they decide how everything looks. So the current wielder, something happens and all the color in the world is gone and then you become the new wielder. So you literally get to go around and you color the world however the fuck you want. And then that's also how you interact with the world. So like coloring certain things will make like this plant grow or this plant shrink or this thing gets mad and eats your color or something like that. It's neat. How does the coloring work? Do you just choose a color and then you like color in a line or Mm -hmm. something? And then you get like you get a bunch of options like, oh, there was one thing you can get like stamps so you can like. You can make it so instead of just putting down a brush, you'll put down like a whole picture or you'll put down like a texture. Um, and one of the ones that I got not recently, but the one that I definitely use the most is a fill color. So it makes it so that you literally just tap and it'll make that whole whatever you just tapped. It'll fill it with that color. Nice. It's, it saves me so much time. You can do effectively the same thing if you just hold down your brush. It'll like put down a blot and then the little blot will go like until it covers the whole screen. Uh, But the fill makes it so much easier to kind of keep moving while I'm doing it because I can just tap it, kind of keep exploring the room and doing my thing while it fills up. So one thing I was worried about this game was that 
when when a large part of the game has to do with me just being creative and and like coloring and drawing and stuff, I was worried that that was going to be like too much of the game where I wouldn't have been involved in like the actual gameplay. But how was the gameplay with the coloring and stuff? It's fun. It's kind yeah. of yeah. It's 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 not very complicated. It's pretty simplistic, but it's fun. Like okay. Um. Like I was saying, like the first area you kind of start going through, you experiment with like trees that grow when you color them and other trees that shrink when you color them. So you need to like create these paths that you can walk across or because the the ones you color, when you color them, they grow. And then when you walk on top of them, they like throw you and then they explode. And they said it's, it's okay. cool. So they send the color everywhere. So also the the stuff you're interacting with you don't necessarily like I keep stopping and coloring everything because I want to. But when I started the game, I wasn't doing that as much. But most of my screens were still ending up fairly colorful just from interacting with the objects. OK, so I don't think you you necessarily need to kind of devote yourself to the creative side of it to get get like everything out of that game. You're still going to have fun, like walking back through areas and just seeing like all the colorful explosions of stuff that you did. Okay, that's because that's what I was worried about. It's like my commitment to being creative in a game like that, where like the game is you, what you make of it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was worried about that. So that's good. That's good to hear. But yeah. it it looks it looks really really great. I was I was planning on getting a while ago, but I still haven't. It's so cute, and I really liked their uh, their last game. They were did um, Wander Song, and that one was yeah, awesome. You- that's a rhythm game is it a rhythm game Mm-mm. it's like oh okay it's like an exploration kind of thing. it's kind of like chicory mm-hmm. but the way you interact with the world in that one is by playing music so you don't play it do like you... a rhythm game you just so your left stick moves you and then your right stick points on like a big wheel around your character and pointing at different points on the wheel plays different notes was that one better you think i don't know I don't know Jury's because I'm out. not. Yeah, I'm not done with okay. Chicory yet. And I really liked the way uh, Wander Song wrapped up. But I'll say I really like their approach to storytelling. I feel like they, they cover stories that aren't covered as often. Uh, where like m- a lot more games are like power trips. You are the chosen one kind of thing. And granted, mm. in this one, you're the wielder. But very 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 quickly it comes to light you were never supposed to be the wielder you are not Mm -hmm. an artist you're not like regarded well in the community you're a nobody and in wander song same kind of thing like they build like half the game you think you're the chosen hero rising to the challenge and then you meet the chosen hero you meet that guy and your character goes into like a depression spiral and is like i i don't even know how to process like literally just having my entire being taken away from me that sounds great yeah Yeah, i need to check out these games wonder wonder song has been on my uh my wish list for a while and i still haven't picked it up it's very cool yeah i'll check it out and i've been meaning to check out chicory because i've heard i've been hearing so many good things about it recently i i'm that studio is really starting to grow on me uh hold on is that their second game i know did lena rain do the music for chicory again yes she did it it's okay. so good okay that's great. also yeah, been one of my favorite things is just walking around the music is excellent yeah she's just that name where like when you hear it it's like oh hold on <laughs> this is a game worth playing mm-hmm. i think it's just the projects she chooses are, are so fantastic very very creative and then she just seems to be a super creative person so that Mm -hmm. she just flourishes in those environments what i didn't know and what i just learned on a random podcast is um for the celeste b and c sides she got other artists to remix her music i didn't know yeah i thought she just remixed it herself yeah i think i'd i think on some of the tracks it says like remixed by but i figured she still had a hand in it oh Okay, that makes sense because I I saw that too, but I think it's one of those things where I didn't even think I didn't even I saw it and I didn't <laughs> consider what it meant. This <laughs> is <just> like <laughs> Lena Rain still did this. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm just stupid. Nah, <sighs> it happens. You can say it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Deathloop again. Uh, it's cool. I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. Um, I'm not a. I'm famously, if you listen to this podcast, famously wasn't a huge fan of Dishonored Two. Uh, indeed. And I think I'm gonna revisit that game now that I'm enjoying this because I think I may have been putting too much pressure on myself during Dishonored Two. Mm. I think the way I play games sometimes is destructive to my mind, and Deathloop taught me an important lesson about playing video games. Sometimes you just want to have fun. Trust, trust the loop, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you just want to have fun because like, I started Deathloop and I thought like, okay, like this is a game all about these. It's a smaller game in terms of areas, um, but you just revisit them so often and things and slight things change here and there. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I need to look at every fucking corner and I was like doing that. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I should just play the game <laughs> and just go to that marker, do the game and have a good time with it. And, and that ended up kind of changing my my mindset on it and i think what i did with dishonored i think i was getting too like i'm not a completionist in any sense of like i need to do every little objective marker but i am a, com- a completionist in the way that i don't want to miss something that is in the game so i'll look at every corner not to collect everything but to make sure i'm not missing like an area of the map or something and with Dishonored 2, they very specifically design it so there are many different paths you can take. And so what I would do in Dishonored, I'd go down one path, I'd get to the end of that path, and I know it's going to get me to the next spot. I'll backtrack, and, and I'll find the other, the other path that, <laughs> yeah, and I'll do the other path that they thought, oh, option A, option B, option C, the, the players should choose one of these, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll choose all three of them. <laughs> You're like, and at a, the B, end of it, C, I'll think like, B was yeah. really the best choice. <laughs> And I'll be complaining, like, why is this pacing so bad? <laughs> and it's entirely my fault because I'm going back through every single one where I think um, that's just something that's wrong, that not wrong with, but like that my brain decides to do when I play a game like that, where mm-hmm. I don't want to lose out on any of the, um, the uh, content, you know? Agreed. And especially like talking with people after the fact because that's it's one of my favorite parts about video games that's why we got doing the podcast uh mm-hmm. going and talking with somebody <clears throat> and then trying to relate over an experience that you missed it just feels bad so i i i feel yeah. similarly in like i don't want to miss it because i don't want to be kind of like out of the zeitgeist i want to be able to partake in in oh man that moment was awesome instead of like wait what moment guys yeah, <laughs> I want to be involved in this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I don't know what the answer is because I still think like because on all those different paths they have different like um they have different uh like notes and books and stuff that give you information. Speaking of which, here's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a video game that every video game from now on should do Ooh. from Death Loop is. Everything you pick up, every like miscellaneous book, every miscellaneous note, everything that you grab, you can read it if you want, but if you don't want to read it, you just exit out and immediately on the bottom left of your screen, there's a description of what that was. So like if you have a book that is like two pages of explaining like the history of the island that you're on, Mm -hmm. I don't want to read that shit. I close it. On the bottom left, it says... On the island, so-and-so happened this many years ago, and it led to this today. Like, it's it's like a the little notes. spark notes of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, that's so great. That, that like, I think of, like, Skyrim and, and Oblivion and stuff. Yep. Those, those so many fucking books that I just don't want to read, but I'm interested as what, what's in them. And I would love to see in, like, every game going forward, if I don't want to read that, that note... <laughs> I don't want to have to feel like I have to read the note to know what it was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that is consistently like really helpful. And one, it's great because 
sometimes the things that they're saying are a little bit uh, confusing to my brain that just wants to shoot things at the moment. <laughs> so it's nice to have an easy like, oh, so here's what just happened in that text. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't I didn't get that. Extrapolation so I'm glad tool. That you, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you figured it out for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of what they did in Outer Wilds where like if you read a bunch of stuff, it'll go to your to your um uh the ship log. The ship log and it'll basically say what it was. Mm-hmm. Um that's great. I think it's fantastic. Yes. And I need to, I need more RPGs to have that option because I don't I think it's it's too bad because it ruins the pacing in games when yes. you have so many interesting notes and books and journals. But it's I'm not reading a book, guys. You got to make your lore accessible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like um, the games that create these insanely detailed worlds and then don't have a lick of that lore in the game. You got to go on like some other website to go scroll through pages. It's like I who the fuck is doing that? <laughs> no, I, w- I want to play the game. And if I can tangentially get more information about the world around me, sign me up. But I want to play a game. Yeah. Like an interesting conversation, an interesting dialogue tree, mm-hmm. something or just like a sign that has a couple words on it. Um, and, and that way, like if I can pick up a book and I can immediately just close it and it'll give me that easily accessible bite-sized lore where i can feel like i just read it but not have to spend the time to actually read it and and i mean i'm sorry to say but there's not dune level writing in these journals (laughs) there's not they're not usually not super well written to the point where like every i feel like in my mind that i need to read every single piece of journal that i get Mm-hmm. But never am I done reading all of those after an hour, and I think like that was worth my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I and just, I just, yeah. The nice thing about the yeah, description of the the Spark Notes approach as well, from the sounds of it, is like if I want that additional context to see how the author wrote it, how it was actually described in the paper, I can look at the cliff notes and be like, that subject sounds interesting. I will read the thing instead of reading through every single one hoping that this one's going to be a good one yeah that's that's exactly right too because like some of those to me so long and 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 you thinking like to uh, like fallout um terminals oh god some of those fucking are dense Dense. (laughs) yeah so having something like that for the terminals and things like that would be perfect godsend yeah, it lets you choose which pieces of lore you want to read more. Um, where, like, playing Mass Effect 2 recently, I started playing Mass Effect 1 going through every bit of Codex. Mm-hmm. And that was draining. It's just, I'm, I do it to myself, Brad. I do it to myself. <laughs> I remember I, us I, talking about this and you being so excited about the Codex last time. <laughs> I was, I was, and then and then it gets so draining. It feels like a job. It feels like a job because like I'm something playing happens the game. in the story, and you want to move forward, but then you get a codex, and you're like, "All right, well, I gotta go find out whatever the fuck I just did instead of moving <laughs> yeah. forward." Yeah, I'm so excited to move on to the next fight, and I pick up a random journal that unlocks a codex for like Corian breathing tubes and how they work, and I think like, well, I'm in the middle of a Reaper battle, but I guess I gotta figure this out now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is struggle. And then I'll. And- <laughs> And in my review of the game, I'll be like, yeah, and it was just fucking like, it feel like it didn't flow right. Like, <laughs> it's entirely my fault that I'm Codex doing it. Codex dragged the game down. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jared and I played Gorilla Tag. I don't think, I don't know if I talked about this on I've, the pod. I haven't played Gorilla Tag, but uh, Balti and the boys have played it considerably. They've actually played the VR mode of that. It's something... <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, yeah, Jared and I only played it a day, but in the day that we played it, like it ruins your arms because you're just like yeah. you're like windmilling all around, and and I I I at 
I really don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's been so long. But at the risk of repeating myself, the thing that I love about Gorilla Tag, and this will sound weird, but it's it's being able to go back to the playground and play with a bunch of kids, but not be weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. It's not creepy when I go play Gorilla Tag and I'm having fun with a bunch of children screaming and and I'm having fun too. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, you know what I have been playing recently is uh, a game called Crab Game. Have you seen that? Jared was just telling me about it. He was just telling me that we should play it. It's so good. It's, uh, did you describe it much? He he showed me the Steam trailer. (laughs) I don't know if you watched that, it's but so it's basically good. the it's the creator just like blowing out his microphone yeah. <laughs> trying to talk about the game. Um, yeah, tell me about your experience with it. It's wild. It's great. It's it's such raw human interaction, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because it's it's I haven't actually watched it, but it's Squid Game as I understand it. Um, yeah, but just great show. You should watch it. Stupid, terrible garbage. And it's so (laughs) funny and everybody's so stupid. I will preface this right now. I highly recommend playing this game to everybody who is, uh, reasonably handled to handle, uh, large, large, copious amounts of racism. That game is so so bad about that it's ridiculous like um, the game or the players that you the players, interacted with the players okay it I is thought you meant like the game just had like racist slurs all oh over the God. walls or something <laughs> um it is i i don't think i have been in a muck game where there is not at least one person running around screaming slurs like almost the Jesus entire time Christ. it's w- but the the thing that makes it funny is its proximity voice so you just every <laughs> once in a while hear somebody get louder and louder saying horrible things and then quieter and quieter and sometimes they'll just cut out because they died it's there's a lot of funny things that happen because of that <laughs> my god i i miss the call duty lobbies like that yes oh in a a weird way i do you get it okay uh or like there's a a king of the hill game where there's like a circle that everybody wants to get into the longer time you spend in the circle you get more points whoever has the like the top four lowest players with points depending on like the group size get killed in that game everybody has bats and if you hit somebody with your bat they go flying like (laughs) almost like ragdoll physics flying uh so so when you get up into the king of the hill thing everybody starts crouching and then everybody will just say like ah crouch of chill crouch of chill crouch and then everybody just starts beating the shit out of each other while saying crouch of chill it's so good there's no reason it's all madness or oh like there's a there's a Splatoon kind of mode where there's like a bunch of panels and you run around to color the panels and then there's four teams. Almost every time you play that minigame, there's red, blue, green, and pink. Almost every single time, three of the teams will rally and just start running around whispering to people, hey, fuck green, fuck green. And then everybody starts fucking green and it's so good. This sounds like a better Fall Guys. Oh yes, that that is that's exactly what this is. It's it's Fall Guys, but terrible. Garbage physics, garbage everything, garbage players. It's the best. How many games are there? Is there quite a bit of variety? <laughs> no, there's like six or seven. Oh, okay. And then there's a couple different maps for them. Okay. I'm just thinking about the glass game. <laughs> wait, wait, which one? Where you're jumping on jumping oh, the on the, uh, the platforms like glass, yeah. <laughs> that one's oh that one it starts out and everybody just like a lot of the time they'll just yell out like not it not it and then somebody decides (laughs) that somebody was the last person to say not it and then everybody starts (laughs) pushing them at the bridge (laughs) it's it's like a lord of the flies game just watching how people reduce themselves to that it's awesome 
Ah, oh, that's great. That sounds like that sounds like a multiplayer experience I need to get down to. And oh, I always yeah. say that and I never do it. It's hard. And it's hard to do it by yourself kind of thing cuz it's it's not as fun. Yeah. You got to have you yeah. got to have a, a group to go in there and just be stupid with. Yeah, we should do it sometime. I know Jared really wants to. Um very now we can team up with we can we can become crabs with Jared. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh I started Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. Um Are you not liking? feeling it? No. <laughs> not feeling it. I mean, it's cool. I think the concept is really neat. I I actually really like the story up to the point that I've gotten to. Mm-hmm. Um, which is after you leave the first area when uh your uh father figure dies. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, spoiler, I guess, was is an old game. Yeah. Fucking get over it. It's also and it's in the super first like, early two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and I got out into the open world and I just like, I don't know. I just had no really no desire to keep going. Do you know. think do you think it was Horizon or do you think you just weren't in the mood for like an open world? I might have been doing the same thing to that game that I do to every other game. <laughs> trying to absorb everything and ending up burning myself out to do anything yeah but that being said like outside of that because there's not a ton of like lore stuff to read unless you want to go into like every bit of animal and stuff uh i think in terms of horizon i think it's just the world i don't know like the world doesn't seem as accessible enough to me to want to walk around in it Mm -hmm. um i i guess hopping on the back on one of the the animals and like riding around everything just looks so samey and the, and the terrain doesn't look, um, the terrain doesn't look fun to explore. I don't know. Maybe I'll hop back in it and try it again. But, uh, I just cleared out a camp. And the first thing I thought after clearing out the camp was that combat is just not interesting. I think it's really only good against the robots. Okay. I think okay. that's the main appeal, especially when you start hunting the bigger stuff where it's like you want to target specific weak points because that'll disable like a specific attack that's aids to deal with or something like that, where it feels almost like a mini boss fight. That stuff I think is cool. But yeah, the combat against like all of the human people is pretty trash. Okay, because it was like so easy. I just like got bow and arrow. And you just shoot him. Yeah, pretty much. And the stealth yeah. is really like pretty broken. They're really yeah. bad at it's seeing so you. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. So that part of it turned me off. Maybe would you say it's worth playing if I just like mainline through all like the beast quests and through the main story? Yeah, probably. I think those fights okay. are worth it. Um, And you'll have a bit of fun with that. And I think you'll know when you start fighting some of the bigger stuff and you have to put a little bit more effort into like kind of thinking about your fight, you'll know whether or not you want to continue down that path. Okay. How's the story? How's the whole story? Eh. I, okay. It didn't really leave much of a mark on me. Are you excited for the sequel? Kind of. I'm kind okay. of just more excited to see more uh, robot dinos. Yeah. The trailer seemed pretty cool and it looks like they made the, the, um, um, human human combat a little more interesting hell yeah i actually haven't seen the trailer uh, for that did, did they show what did they show they with had the... like a they had like a 20 minute stay to play Ooh. um so it's like it was like 20 minutes of gameplay like showing her going underwater and stuff and there's like underwater uh interesting they're dinosaurs right what are the dinosaurs yeah they're all kind sorts of, of stuff because you fight like all animals bowls and stuff but largely bulls? yeah if i remember right there's like one a, that's like a, a bull. bull yeah a bull yeah like a bull oh. with horns <laughs> oh like a i bull? thought you meant like a bull <laughs> i was like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah dude the bull the final boss man <laughs> sorry spoilers there's a spoon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't even get me started about the knife man <laughs> I remember seeing you fucking rage hard on that game when you first started playing it. Oh, yeah. I was getting fucked yeah, up by the at, dinos. You were in, like, the hardest difficulty, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just on normal. Fucked up. Um, another huge thing, and this thing turned me off to it as well. Every time you collect, like, a, a plant, it just takes a couple seconds. Let me just walk by and boop, yep. boop, boop. Yeah. Like, like, imagine 
if in like The Last of Us, for every little piece oh, of scavenging thing, you have to wait for an animation for him to pick it up. You need to wait. Besides the fact that one of the best things about that is going into a room, crouching near a shelf, and then going, seeing his arms fly all over, yeah. But but the good thing about it is you don't have to wait. Like you exactly. can press the button, you you can walk away, and he'll still he'll still put his arm out, mm-hmm. or, or she will in terms of Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, like having to wait even just a second for her to pick up a plant makes me not want to scavenge all day completely yeah. agree it makes it feel I, like so wow in a sense where i'm like i i need yeah. to go gather things but it's not the same payoff as in wow kind of thing yeah i'm trying to think of a of a crafting system that i actually enjoy like even last of us i don't like the crafting and gathering side of things yeah other than the bup, 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 yeah. <laughs> seeing, his, seeing their arms fly all over the place is fantastic mm-hmm. um but i i can't think of a crafting system that i love i mean i guess Re- red dead redemption is is fine because like it's more of like a oh i get to be a hunter sort of thing and it feels like that where like um i like just camping out and shooting an animal and then s- and skinning it or mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun fun rp thing um but I don't know. I can't think of a of a crafting system that I love. So there's a game because I, I was just thinking the same thing. There's a game called Noita that I think has a ball and crafting system, but it's kind of weird. It's you're like a wizard and you're trying to explore a dungeon. And the whole thing of it's like you pick up wands with various spells. And then every time you get in between a floor of the dungeon thing you can edit the wands and you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want with most of the wands where it's like yeah a friend of mine was just telling me about this game it's it's super cool it's Mm. got a lot of neat interactions very fun to to just screw around with uh and then when you start understanding the wands and like the different interactions you can do you can do some stupid stuff that's just super fun Okay, I'll check it out. Now that's two recommendations, so I might I might check it out. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of when I was finishing Deathloop, I was probably going to sell it and then buy a... Oh, I don't know what I was going to buy. Something, some PS5. I, I This is like the first exclusive I played on my PS5 since Miles Morales. Damn. So I haven't had to play... I There's been no genuine reason for me to own a PlayStation 5 <laughs> until, until now. And even then, Deathloop is on... PC. <laughs> Rip. How, wait, um, how are you going to sell it when you're done with Deathloop? I, I got a physical copy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bought it off eBay and I was planning on selling it again. Oh, oh, you mean, okay, it's not exclusive to the PS5. I thought you were saying you had it on PC. I was like, hold on, nah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I bought it on PS5, but even saying that, I don't even need the PS5 for it because I could have gotten it on the computer is what I yes, meant. Yes, <laughs> I get you. I'm yeah. tracking. Ooh, but okay. I mean, what? Hmm? Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Fin- we'll finish oh. this thing. I got something else because I'm a, I'm jumping. Okay, all I was gonna say was I've heard the exclusives on the PS5 have been fantastic. Like uh, Ratchet and Clank, I've heard really good things. Deathloop is great. Um, Returnal, I've heard great things about. Um, Demon Souls, I've heard great things about. So it's been a, it's been a really good launch year for the PlayStation Five. I just haven't gotten any of them. Shit. Yeah, you should. That's uh, all I have to say. You should definitely pick up Returnal and let me know how that is. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy that after I sell Deathloop. Hell yeah, mm. that one looked real right, tasty. What's he talking about? Oh, I just wanted to say I felt really cool because so I I got back into surprise surprise a rhythm game. I got back into a uh, Sound Voltex, <laughs> um, and I've been grinding pretty hard on that after the um, it got back into the the SGDQ showcase this year. So that kind of turned me back on to, I was like, oh yeah. Started playing that. Sound Voltex. Sound Voltex. Yeah. So you got like four buttons, then two little buttons, and then you got like dials, and you got to like spin the dials to go. It's so much fun. I, I love playing it in the arcade. So I bought a controller for it like a year and a half ago. Dropped it for a minute. Now I'm back in it. It's great. But I felt extra cool 
because when I got back into it a couple days after I broke my controller because I went a little too hard. <laughs> and so one of the switches was sticking in it. So I felt very cool in that I took the, the controller apart and I fixed the switch. So this is actually the broken switch. But uh, I, I pulled oh, all nice. the wiring stuff out and I swapped it out. So now it works again. So you're a smart, you're a smart boy. Yeah, I felt real cool. I'm, I'm plugging up for like real engineer, you know? Yeah, good for you. That's great. I, yeah. And now you can play your video games again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that if I bust another one, I can fix it. Yeah. yeah I'm way yeah, less you worried. Have a, you have a marketable skill now. Yes. And if you also, break your controller playing sound vortex, <laughs> yeah. call me up. Damn straight. Also, this thing's great as a fidget toy because there's like a little there's like a little button here it makes a nice little nice oh, a little, little click. click yeah so like i just sit with it oh. in my hand and keep pressing it with my thumb it's G- it's so me, great give me some more give me some more clicks ooh, ooh. i don't hear it. you don't hear it oh, hold on let me no pop filter no i think discord's just thinking it's like background sound bitch oh it's it's just it's like a talk, satisfying talk while you're like do a little whispering oh, yeah, yeah, while yeah. you're doing it. Okay, I hear it a bit. It's just I appreciate it's, that. Yeah, it's a really satisfying <laughs> like you can hear the spring within the thing like reacting to it. Yeah, it's good. Nice nice, nice. feedback. That's fantastic. That's all I got on that. I'm just, I've, I'm proud of myself and I'm having fun playing with my little button. And I know you're not proud of me for not playing Echoes of the Eye. Um, but we'll, either next week or the week after, I don't know when we'll do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever we do this again soon, I will have played Echoes of the Eye. Yes. The Outer Wilds expansion. And then we will discuss it in depth, full spoilers. So. Yes. Yes, that'll be yes. a good discussion. Um, I'm so excited. But you say it's good. I so Outer Wilds after playing the base game became one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I would say after playing the DLC, it's probably my favorite piece of content from that game. What? Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, okay. It's really good. That's I'm super hyped. I I don't know why I haven't played it. I mean I'm even the one that told you about it. <laughs> I was no. like, oh, it's got and a I DLC, it and then you're like, day. yeah. <laughs> so and I'm sitting here. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Ugh. Gorilla tag instead of Echoes of the Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of worth. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to get in a certain mindset for for Outer Wilds, I think. Oh yeah, but um, I got to be in like the exploring mood oh yeah but and and the spooky mood oh ho, ho, baby how long is it i'd say like eight to ten hours depending on how long you want to sit wow. with it that's surprising okay yeah it's Super pretty pumped. yeah it's uh yeah. Hell yeah text me about it keep me updated it's oh i where so i i balti finished outer wilds and he's finished the main game and the dlc now and then mm-hmm. we have another friend who's playing through Outer Wilds in the house. And then another friend who just he's almost done with the main game. And then he just sidetracked to the DLC before. So awesome. Yeah. Before he finished the main game. Yep. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you say that like for a first time player that you should skip the DLC until you beat the like the base game? It's a struggle because I... There's aspects about it that I think are good to have finished the game once and then do the DLC. And then I also think there are benefits to doing the DLC essentially right before finishing out the main story. Okay. Yeah. So, so like you would tell someone right before you do the final run. Yep. Go play the DLC. Yep. I think that's, that's like the perfect, uh, moment for like the the impact of everything to kind of tie together okay cool i'm the thing i'm glad about going back to because i normally don't do dlc um unless it's something that people say is really good it's hard for me to return to a game and relearn everything Mm -hmm. but for outer wilds it's great because you're essentially just restarting the game yeah (laughs) and then you can just go straight to it yeah yep so that's that's good yeah 
Yes. I'm pumped. I'll 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 get back to you. I'll, I'll let you know when I finish it, and then we'll talk about it. We'll do full spoilers. Maybe we'll just hold off on another episode till I finish it. And okay. Then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll do that. that I'm down. Like I know it's been a while, but you might remember we do our little ending with the word of the week. Yeah. I don't have my word of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my word of the week this week, Ooh. and my word of the week is protect the loop. <laughs> At all costs, protect and trust the loop. And also, um, video game makers, give me a little spark notes, spark note things. Make it easier for me to not have to engage my brain so much to play a video game. Ooh, my word of the week is Spotify because I am. I just started using Spotify because I <laughs> I'm so sick of trying to manage my own library. It's way too much of a pain in the ass. It's way too big at this point. And I am thoroughly impressed by how many of my rhythm game songs are on Spotify. Like random weird songs by obscure artists on Sound Voltex are on Spotify. So shout outs to Spotify for hooking a brother up. I'm shocked that you have been managing your own library until right now. Yeah, it was a mistake. I gave up on that shit like six years ago. So my justification was that Uh majority of it's video game music that's not on Spotify. You can upload your music to Spotify. I know. And that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, Uh, that's great. And then just adding everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So well now now you've got the best of both worlds. You got the you got the great streaming part, and now you can upload the video game songs. And exactly, play it that. Yeah. it's coming together. Mm-hmm. My second word of the week is I've had a piece so bad this entire episode. 